Hello, cord cutters. Welcome back, Tatsune Miku's Crack House, episode 25. Baby Miles, six months in the fucking crack house. Can you fucking believe it? I actually can't, and I don't remember anything that happened. I can't either. That's my co-host, Miles J. I'm the host, Sam Kingma. We're out here, dude. I was thinking about it today. Really, can you fucking believe six months? Because I was initially like 25 episodes. It's not that big of a deal. Then I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's half a year in time. Yeah, that's half a year of shit content that we've made. Half a year of garbage. It's been good. I think. I think if you have a show like that's 20, actually, it's technically not 25 hours, whatever 90 times 24 is. Um, that's how many minutes of content we have. Roughly. Surely there are some, some diamonds in the rough. Well, we, we have, I mean, we also have a three hour episode, uh, uh on three occasions. So. Yes. Oh, I, I totally forgot about the non, the, the, the very special episodes of Hatsune Miku's crack out. You blocked them out of your brain for the editing process. I, I did, honestly. And there's, and also too, let's not forget that there's like two or three episodes worth of like cut content we just yes. have yeah one episode one one discussion that will never see the light of day a handful of others that just weren't that good or not that interesting <laughs> yeah i mean there, there's a couple of of good of good stuff i just really did have to cut for time because the full episode was like pretty good yeah but those are the great ones those are the ones that that usually end up pretty good but yeah miles what the fuck have you been doing this week Let's. I want to give an update to the people. I know they want it. I know they want to hear. I want it. I want it too. That's why I asked. Yeah, they want to hear about what's going on in Lovecraft Country. They want to hear it, and I'm going to deliver it. So I didn't see the latest episode. So here's the thing: every episode that we do on this podcast is going to be two weeks behind the actual show because it airs on HBO, and I don't watch it live. And then a week later, it comes to HBO Max, and I'll usually watch it at night after the recording. Because that's when it goes up, um, and it would be too late to record. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about episode five, which is maybe one of the most insane things I think I've ever seen. Um, now, just to, just to preface, before we get into this, before anyone calls us out on Twitter at Mika's Crack House for rehashing content, I just want to make it clear that I'm at work a few days ago, and Miles messages me. He's like, I am five minutes into the new Lovecraft Country episode, and I already have shit to say, and I'm like, oh my god. It can't possibly be any better than last week. Okay, so, there is a sub plot that is now a, a focal point. Uh, Letty, the ingenue, has a sister. Uh, a nice, a nice fat, sassy, black sister. And, uh, and she is, like, a hard worker, and she, she's, like, you know, she, she's, <sighs> She's an interesting character because she is a hard worker and also recognizes that that black people are oppressed and not given the same opportunities as white people. Um, But she also recognizes Mm -hmm. that's the world we live in. I got to I got to work hard. I got to adapt to it. There's no fighting that. And so she's sort of an antagonist. It's kind of odd. Not quite an antagonist, but she's she's an antithesis to the character who's probably supposed to be more sympathetic, which is Letty. Even though Letty's a scumbag. Uh, But they acknowledge that in the show. It's one of these shows where, like, I don't think that they are trying to lead the audience on. But I'm always thinking, like, what what did the writer what do you think the writers were thinking? 
What did? How did yeah. they feel about these characters? And a good writer would would have some empathy for everyone, but I sometimes that's not the case. So so she's like that, and then she has sex with with this like butler character from episode two, who is like running, who is who is sort of like he's like the enforcer of the cult. Like I got the impression he was like a bodyguard or like um. I sort of picture him as like you know, in like um, you don't know Toho, but our listeners might uh, like Romilia Scarlet. Yeah, Romilia Scarlet, the yeah. vampire, and then there is Sakuya, her like maid, kind of like fighter who fights for her, sort of. I like I yeah. pict- I thought that was kind of his role. So anyway, so he goes to the south side and he seduces the black sister, and and they have sex, which I thought was horribly off putting because that character is like the stoic like butler character he speaks like 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 a really proper professional man and he like, like teleports Alfred. around yeah he speaks like Alfred and he like teleports around so i thought he was a mystical character nothing demystifies a character than watching them have sex nothing maybe watching them take a fucking dump i don't know like that's like the two things that like take a character and make them like mundane like like when okay here's the thing uh, i think yahtzee said this and i'm not a big fan of zero punctuation but he he said something that i loved which is like humans aren't scary because they wear underpants and he's right like <laughs> it's true like anytime anytime you see a villain like you just know that they're wearing that they're wearing underwear <laughs> it might have holes in it you know or they might they might have a little bit of pre-cum Stained on the front of their boxers. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like I'm just thinking of like fucking Michael Myers. Yeah, Michael Myers Wa- rocking around in his fucking cum stained jumper suit. Or like, or yeah, like uh, maybe maybe they got some skin marks down the back. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like these people aren't scary when you when you really think about it. Like Michael Myers has to take a dump at some point. You know? Yeah, he does. The moment you remember that, the moment a character is not scary anymore. So I, I was like, but but I was like, maybe he's a, an entity, you know, an entity of some kind, or like, you know, like the, like keep him mysterious, and you don't have those thoughts. You know, nobody has those thoughts about Michael Myers unless you bring that to the table in regards. To, like, I wouldn't have said that about Michael Myers if we were not having this conversation. Yeah. So so seeing a man on, on have sex on screen, even though he's kind of a stoic character, immediately makes you think. Man, that guy fucks, that guy takes shits, that guy sneezes, he farts, <laughs> like, uh, he's a human. But, like, but like, uh, surely there must be some good sex scenes in media then, right? No! There are none! No, I think every you sex scene- You don't believe scene, there's nothing? I believe every sex scene in every piece of media has been superfluous and awkward and no, and it does not have the intention it's supposed to. Ever. You can't think of one- Good one. No, I can think of I can think of the one in Panty and Stalking at the end when Brief has sex with Panty and it restores her uh and and angelhood because her hymen is broken again. Yeah. But that's plot relevant and it's and it's done in a very funny kind of tasteful way. Like I I think oh oh I know the one in Human Tornado in in Dolomite Two Human Tornado. It's a great sex scene. He's having sex with a girl. And obviously, Rudy Ray Moore is a comedian, so he's having sex with a girl, and the sex is so good that the ceiling falls down, and like, all the, it's like an earthquake. It's like really, it's funny. I think that's how you do a sex scene is make it funny. But like every sex scene I've ever seen is like horribly shot because you you can't show the genitals, it can't be porn. Like, so it's just like this like dude's fucking ass from the back, and like they're always <laughs> humping up the wall. Like it's never tasteful yeah. and in bed. It's always like on the stairs or on the wall or or like. 
you know, in an alley, in a fucking bathroom. Hey, the room, the room had sex scenes shot in the bed, though. Yeah, um, but, the, but, but that goes back to <laughs> being, them being bad. But, uh, but anyway, so, so he has sex, uh, uh, with this black lady, and he's trying to seduce her because she wakes up as a white woman the next day. <laughs> this is the plot of a bad 80s movie, dude. This is the plot of a of a now problematic 80s movie. Rob Schneider is the, the, the literally is a movie. I, no, it's called The Hot Chick, not The White Chick. Okay. Do you know the Do you know the plot to Big Stan? By the way, Big Stan it's starring Rob Schneider. No, what is Big Stan? It's a direct to DVD movie. He plays basically a real estate agent that basically gets caught for you know embezzlement or shit, and is gonna he's gonna go to spend three years in prison so he goes and trains with a fucking monk so he doesn't get prison raped while he's in there like that's like that is is like the focal point of the fucking movie <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous it's fucking ridiculous like that he's like yeah that's the whole point of the film and then he's he goes to prison and he's a kung fu master i'm guessing the final scene is someone immediately tries to rape him there's this like scene that I always see every like once in a while it gets recommended to me where it's it's him outside on the courtyard and it's like basically like gang shit's going down and he just proceeds to piss all the gangs off one by one and but it beats them all with the fucking like fucking mop stab prison am i right yeah no th this so this is the plot to a bad 80s movie done very i would say tastefully but i think the right answer is schlockily it is it is not quite like self-aware schlock it's just dumb so and, yeah. and th there is a good body horror element because she has white skin but the skin is like a suit almost so like it, it she has to drink a potion and when she does it it peels off and like great horror stuff like this flesh falling off very gruesome like good visual yeah. but here's my here's my fucking problem with lovecraft country here's the issue Here's a, here's a fucking problem, is that this show thinks it's so fucking clever, and it's not gonna let you get away without realizing how fucking clever it is. It's like, it has to make sure that you know how much thought and work went into all the literary illusions, and all the brilliant, brilliant subversions of expectations. It, you are not gonna get to recognize those yourself. Because they're going to tell you, and you're going to think it's genius. That's Lovecraft Country. So the episode title is Strange Case, as in the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Okay. Uses a potion to turn into another version of herself that can do these things that her initial version of herself could not do. The point of Mr. Hyde, or Dr. Jekyll, is that he was... You know, he lived in Victorian society. He was very suppressed. Uh, and he says, I have this very shameful secret. I can't admit it, but I don't want to be seen engaging with the secret. And, you know, of course, he can read it a different, bunch of different ways. Is he gay? Is he going to prostitutes? You know, is he maybe it's something more violent? Maybe he's killing people? You know, all these different things. So he transforms into Mr. Hyde, who is unrecognizable from Dr. Jekyll. So that he can purge himself of these things and 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 still maintain his peerless 
image in society or whatever. Uh, peerless is probably not the right word. Yes. Um, but of course, Mr. Hyde is, is too violent. He can't control it. And he becomes dependent on the, on the potion and dependent on Mr. Hyde. But the inversion is that she's a white woman and she, instead of enacting all these kinds of violent things, like Mr. Hyde did, she enacts, she is able to live life as a normal privileged person. She goes to an ice cream shop. She just reads on a park bench in a nice white area. And it's like, Okay, cool. Interesting. White privilege. Got it. So, but that's not the part that's confusing. So she gets a job at the department store. And because she recognizes that as a black woman, I have to work 10 times as hard to make it 10 times less far. She has just this insanely stacked resume. And she goes up to them. And as a white woman, they're like, here, take assistant manager. Great. She's now assistant manager. And she talks to the main white, uh, the the main black girl, because they hired a black girl as part of their colored's policy right Mm. and so she talks to her and she's like hey i'm here to help i'm here to support and it turns out the black girl is horribly horribly unqualified for the job she's bad at it and they only hired her because that was you know quota it was part of the law they had to have colored people on the floor uh and so she is angry because she worked hard for that job but now that she's a white woman she has it and this unqualified person who didn't work hard and doesn't represent the black community and is setting in her mind would be setting back the image that black people are just as efficient and worth working, you know, and worth hiring as a white person. She is setting that back in, in the mind of this character. I think her name was Ruby, the, 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 the white, the black to white girl. It's like a skin trans transition. Uh, um, it's like transracial, a, transracial. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a, I, this is actually a, a plot from a South Park episode too. actually. I just realized this. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, you tell me Lovecraft could you ripped off South Park? Uh, inverse, where, where Kyle wants to be a basketball player, and so they make him black, and they put his testicles in his knees <laughs> to make him taller. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not, we wouldn't call that a tasteful trans allegory, I wouldn't call this one either, but she gets, basically, so at one point she is a white lady, and she, she, you know, she sees her white boss try to rape the black lady, because, of course... We can't have some subtlety in this fucking show. And so she, as the white lady, decides to... Basically, she goes back to the guy who gave her the potion. They, they interact a handful of times in the episodes. So he, he goes back to... She goes back to him and he says, the, the point of privilege is that you can do whatever you want. Who are you? Uninhibited. I think is, is the line, basically. He's like, who are... I'm surprised they didn't say, who are you? Unchained. That would have been... Mm, not... Uh, I, I guess I have to give them some credit. That they didn't do that. So so basically, un, her uninhibited, she goes to the office of the guy, of the boss. And she, like, basically acts like a dom. She's, like, she ties his hands up with his tie. And, like, she's, like, pull your pants down. I'm gonna have sex with you. She, like, quits the job so that she can have sex with him. And, uh, and she, like, does this whole thing. Uh, which is very, not very flattering for the idea that, that men who are submissive or evil. That's kind of a weird commonality I've seen. It's in The Punisher. It's in this show. Um, but whatever. Anyways, so basically she does that, and then she kicks him onto the floor and then takes her high heel and sodomizes him with her high heel. Jesus. Yeah, and 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 it, and, and, and again, it goes back to my issue with, like, what would you score that scene with, you know? I, 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 don't, I don't know. You would score the scene with Money Moves by Cardi B or whoever the fuck did that song. I was gonna, I was about maybe to to say, is it some kind of triumphant rap music? Well, so here's my problem. It cuts in on the lyric, 
this is bloody shoes. And I was like, oh my god! <laughs> Someone heard that, and they were like, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Bloody shoes, she's, when she's sodomizing, that, that's, that's genius. Yo, can I, can I be 110% real with you right now? Yes. They're literally taking editing shit from me, because that shit I do. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, here's this random connection. Let's do it. And they fucking did that. It's like it's like in the it's like in the Tinder doc when you have walkie talkie man play because you're walking yeah. outside. Yes. This is the same shit. Yo, walkie talkie man's gonna show up in Lovecraft Country. Yeah, I God, I hope so. Yeah. It's, I but hope it, so. It's during it's during a it's during a horror scene, so like everyone's being attacked by squids. <laughs> well, you're walking and you're talking and moving and grooving and hipping and hopping and dude, dude, I want to make a horror AMV so bad set to walkie talkie man. You use shots of Lovecraft Country set to walkie talkie man. That's the <laughs> ultimate criticism of the show. That's the ultimate like critique of Lovecraft Country. I, I like the idea of like doing that AMV and then you title the YouTube video "The Ultimate Critique of Lovecraft Country." Yeah, and and so so anyways, so the thing is that when when he tried to rape the black girl, because of course, um, he he called her basically. So then so she she like says that back to him triumphantly, and she's like, "Make sure you remember that a did this to you." And then he just she leaves him after committing a crime. She just walks out. Covered in, and the thing is, so she's naked, and her skin is all fucked up, and like, they just don't address how she gets out of the scene. <laughs> they just didn't think it over. They were like, you know what? People are gonna be so impressed with our brilliant music choice and this brilliant scene. They're not gonna say, okay, how does she get out of this scenario? Because that's a little bit precarious, isn't it? Yeah, like, how you're, bad you're is her a skin naked ripping at this black point? woman covered in blood who just committed. Uh, basically battery and assault against a white man in 1955. That is not just a precarious situation. That is the most dangerous position you could be in. So what happens next? I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm invested now. So What's she goes, going on? she goes home. She just goes home. And there's, there's the white lady, uh, who is like a, the worst January Jones knockoff. Um, she, I call, I call her February bones. Okay. And, and so it turns out that the butler guy who had sex with her and January Jones are the same person. He uses the whiteness potion on himself to... She uses the whiteness potion on herself to become the butler man. And the idea is that, oh, he has male privilege. And he gave her white privilege. It's the same fucking thing. The privilege of a white man is equivalent to the privilege of a white woman. As far as this lady's concerned. And, 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 and it's the worst line of all time. Because she goes, I forget his name. I'm going to call him Connor because I don't give a fuck. But she goes, you were Connor the whole fucking time. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, why couldn't she have just not said anything? You know, like that would have been the opportunity for like the girl to turn around and be like, this is me uninhibited or something like that. Like, you know, yeah, like uh, you think of something more sinister. He starts the episode talking about butterflies and metamorphosis, and it would have been like a good chance for him to be like this. Um, this is my chrysalis and I am the butterfly, you know, some some like crap, some some crap. Yeah. But at the very least, it wouldn't be stupid or, or it wouldn't be like dumb. It would be stupid, but it wouldn't be dumb. The episode ends with the perfect J.J. Abrams mystery box where they're translating the language of the Book of Adam. Oh, yeah, that, this shit. This shit again. Oh, and I didn't talk about all the gay, the gay subplot. I'll get that to that, too. Um, but uh, so, so he's translating the Book of Adam, 
And um, he gets like super. He finishes translating it. He gets super spooked. So he calls this woman he called at the beginning of the episode, who I guess is he knows from Korea. Uh, he fought in the Korean War. He calls her and he's like, "How long did you know about this?" And she's like, "I told you not to investigate it." And they pan down to the piece of paper, and on the piece of paper, it's three letters. It just spells "die." And he was so scared <laughs> by this message, just this message of "die." No context. No context. Just says die. Man, bring this, bring bring this guy into the internet age and see what happens. Yeah, and it, it was so fucking funny to me because like be, because it's like the ultimate like creepy pasta garbage. Like when I tried to enter my name in the video game select screen, or, or like I, I I got the second highest score in the arcade. And the bloodshot yeah. eyes, the blood. I, I'm the- just picturing like I got the second highest score on, on the arcade machine, but the highest name was spelled D I E. Die. Were these initials? <laughs> No, it was a message. Like, so it's the fucking stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. That he's so scared about die. He, like, calls her and he's like, what's, what? and, and I was, basically I was expecting, like, a name like Cthulhu. You know, it's like some sort of, like, or whatever. Or some sort of, like, you know. It, or maybe it would spell out his name, Atticus. Like, some, yeah. I don't know, something, like, obviously scary that, like, the viewer would be like, oh, I understand not only the context of this, why it's scary, but also that, it's not the dumbest thing ever. Like, when I see the word die, I'm not scared. It's just the word. And I would be like, okay, great. I translated one word in the book of Adam, and it happened to be die. So, anyways, the other thing that happens is there's an entire gay subplot with the dad, where he is gay, I guess. Um, well, he's not, I'm not, I guess. He just is gay. And they reveal that to you in a very, very tasteful way by having him go to the only other gay character who's been revealed. It was a very clever setup that this character was gay because in episode one, he's giving someone a blowjob in a back alley. Very clever setup. Very, very subtle. So they set up that he's the one gay guy in town that we know of. So he comes back. And so he immediately, um, after killing the lady, the Native American lady in the last episode, uh, Atticus beats him up. And so he goes to the guy after getting beaten up. And they have sex in the most painfully uncomfortable anal sex scene I think I've ever seen in my life. It's raw and it's on screen. And he's sp- the first thing he does is spit into his hand to lube up. And he goes right in there. And I, I have never seen a scene that looked more painful for the receiver in my life. Not since Irreversible have I seen a sex scene that made me hurt that much. Damn, I wonder, I, I gen, 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 genuinely, no jokes, I want to know how it stacks up to the mop rape scene from 13 Reasons It's at the end of season two. I want to know if it's, if it's, if it's worse than that, because then both, both sounds pretty, pretty fucking rough. I don't know. I mean, this, this one is probably supposed to be like romantic or sexy or hot, but it just reminded me that I don't think I ever want to have anal sex with anyone. Like, I don't think I could be responsible for that level of pain. Yeah. Like, I I just know it would be painful for that person and I I can't be responsible. And look, I, I'm not exact. I've got heft. Okay. I I can do damage. (laughs) That's a lot of damage. That's you're gonna need some fucking flex tape after I after I come flex in that tape hole. to g- ungape that asshole, dude. I I I would leave that asshole so gaped you should call yourself Goatsy afterwards. This show fucking sucks. I think this is the worst show I've ever seen. I, you know what? The you know what my favorite part is about about everything you've just mentioned and uh, everything you've just summarized to all of us. Nothing Lovecraft happened. No! W- what the fuck? What the fuck happened to the Lovecraft stuff? I mean, we are we talked about it last week. How it was basically not about Lovecraft at all. It was about the Bible, which has 
I don't know, very little to do with Lovecraft, I'm guessing. I, I have a theory they borrowed his name because they knew, oh, I recognize Lovecraft and it deals with racism. But, like, what I want from a black artist, and, and I have to blame the book, of course. I can't blame the film. Maybe the book is better. I don't know. But, like, I can't blame the show necessarily. But, like, what I want from a black artist who's tackling Lovecraft is for a black artist to tackle Lovecraft. When you sell me that, that's what I want. Because I am sure there is some great insight from a black artist who might have... Maybe they hate Lovecraft. Maybe they like Lovecraft, but hate the racism aspect of it. There, there's got to be an interesting voice about this one particular writer and his one particular material somewhere. And I'm not getting it from Lo Jordan Peele's Lovecraft Country. Except it's not Jordan Peele's Lovecraft Country. It's J.J. Abrams and Misha Green's Lovecraft Country. Tom Clancy's Lovecraft Country. <laughs> Tom Clancy's Lovecraft Country. I'd read the fuck out of that book or play the fuck out of that game, though. I, I genuinely think I might have to read the book. I, I wonder if the book is better. Because I, I, I joked with a friend of mine. I was like, you know what the, the most... How old is the book? 2016. Okay. That would, I think, because here's the deal. There's a lot culturally that's happened between when that book was released and now. Yes. And from what it sounds like, from what you've told me, it sounds like quite a few of that stuff is definitely influencing the TV series in a pretty big way. Um, once the show is done, I'll read the book. The, the other thing about this is I made a joke with a friend of mine, and I stand by it, uh, because I said the book might actually be really close to H.P. Lovecraft stories because it seems like both of them are full of unfilmable ideas. Very true. Very, very true. Everything in the book is really stupid on film. Yeah, that's sort of the thing is, like, there, there's stuff you can do with the words to make your brain imagine something very unique and specific that, and if it's scary, it's something you're going to imagine that personally scares you. So when you put that on film, that's just the directors or the editors or whatever's interpretation of what makes them scary about, you know, this creature. And that shit's not going to work. No. Because it's not your interpretation. It's some, you know, ra more or less random guys. Yeah. So, yeah, Lovecraft Country is like the worst show I think I've ever seen, and I'm going to watch every episode, because uh, it's got content. If I wasn't doing this podcast, I probably wouldn't. It's weird. I don't, I've never subjected myself to something I didn't like before. I've never done this. What do you think? Do you think it's just because you have such a personal stake in, like, you really like Lovecraft, you really like the idea of, like, black artists tackling Lovecraft's work? I think I did an episode one. I think at this point it's because here's the thing. If it was like bad HP Lovecraft adaptation, if it just sucked, I wouldn't watch it. But it's like yeah, fucking nuts. It's swinging for the fences and it's swinging for the fences, but but I want it, it you miss the ball, you spin all the way around, you let the bat go and the bat conks you on the head. Yeah, I I always used to say like when like judging like ga games more or less, but you can almost apply it to any art form. If you use kind of like a number scale with like you know you know one being god fucking awful and ten being you know sort of the best of the best, I feel like it's like a it's like a it's like an upside down parabola of of interest where like you're really high on the interest meter or you're really low, and the closer you get to the middle of the list, the less and less interesting stuff becomes. But once yeah. you get to that shit that's so fucking bad at that point, it's like okay, I need to see this. Because what the fuck is this? It is it, it becomes super interesting at that point and appealing in its own right and worthwhile. But I think I just hate American TV because like there's this one scene I watched and it was just like I was like, oh, this is how every show is written today. This is all the shows because like he people don't speak in ways that normal people do. Um, there's mm -hmm. a great 
thing I learned from um, William Martell, a uh, great screenwriter, not exactly like he doesn't exactly make winners, but he's just got a really brilliant way of thinking about screenwriting where he said a great what, way what to he do, made, by the way, a bunch of shit. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mostly watch his lectures, uh, but but he says a gotcha, great way to okay. do dialogue. A great way to do dialogue is through misunderstanding. Someone says something, they misunderstand it, and they, they say their variation of it. And then the person clarifies, no, it's actually like this. That's a great way to have very natural dialogue. But nowadays, people, I guess, just like the idea of writing like like people who don't... Everyone talk, I'm, I'm sorry, everyone talks like they're in a Hideo Kojima game in this fucking... In every fucking Western television show. And, like, it's like, it's so... And and when it's Kojima and he's Japanese and it's weird and all of his ideas are weird, it's like funny and bizarre and yeah, it's funny because it's like a bastardization of like American culture and it's really fucking funny because it's from a foreigner's perspective. So it's 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 great to get that look. Yeah, but when it's when it's earnest, you just realize like how bad it is. So so he's like, and the scene is like the the quintessential post coital scene where he's getting dressed, like the the white dude's getting dressed, and he's like, there's a thing. With caterpillars. It's called a metamorphosis. I'm like, oh, fuck off. You think you're so clever. And he's like, much like a cocoon, I have allowed you to become a butterfly. And it's like, this is literally like, might as well be called white black man. Like that. <laughs> HP Love, like, I, I, we just need a character named white black man. And, and, uh, <laughs> and, and he talks about like, sounds like a Death Stranding character. No, yeah. Well, there's hot cold man. Die hard man and white black man. Fuck, that just sounds like it sucks, dude. Yeah. I'm fucking I, sorry I just, you're putting wanna, yourself through this. I want to hear this. someone talk about about melanin like meme and Gene. <laughs> Has that been it for you, Miles? Have you just been watching Lovecraft Country? Have you been consuming anything remotely good that fills you with any form, form, form of joy? I'm still watching Uzaki-chan uh, and playing Monster Hunter. Got back to Monster Hunter. Oh, I got back to ARMS, too. Let me t I fucking love ARMS. ARMS is the sickest fucking game. Yo. Yo, talk, talk, talk to me about ARMS. What's going on? Uh, I just, I, ARMS is cool, and it's a shame that it, it died. I, I, I would argue what happened to ARMS is genuinely bona fide unfair. Because that, I, you know what I think happened? I think it came out too early. I think that was not, 2017 was not a good year for ARMS to come out. No. Despite the fact that it was the Switch's first year, I just don't think it, it's, it, it, it it would have killed this year if, like, because Nintendo had fucking nothing up until, like, the, up until, you know, the fucking ninth inning in September when they started announcing shit. I think if that game came out in, like, 2019 or, like, this year, the game probably would have been great and killed. Because yeah. I remember there was a bit of a resurgence for a second when the game went free for, like, a week. Oh, yeah, no, and everyone was playing and it was awesome. Yeah, I wonder if, if that surged the community at all in like a major way where people actually went and bought the game after their trial was done uh i'd like to think so because when i because one of the first things i asked you when you mentioned you were playing it to me uh, the first thing i asked was like are you getting games like how hard is it for you to get a match because i remember when i was playing guilty gear xr rev 2 i could not get a fucking game to save my life I would have to get in a group of people dedicated to playing and get in a lobby and do that. I could not get anyone in fucking free play. No, you can get free play every now and then. You do play a lot of Japanese people at night, but during the day you still get a lot of players. It does remind me of Splatoon, where there is where there is a good like grace period where you can play against Americans. That's okay. That that's good. That's good to know. You think Nintendo will ever revisit the arm as well? No, I don't think so. And and it's a shame. 
Um, but I, I think I think Arms just doesn't have anywhere else to go, really. Arms, I got no legs, is what you're telling yeah, me? Yeah, Arms has no legs. Speaking of video games, though, Miles, I, I did want to ask, and I did want to bring this to the show, because I've been thinking a lot about it recently. And I wanted to do, now that we have all the information at our avail- at our hands, more or less, I want to do a next-gen vibe check with you, Miles. Okay, I want to do, do a it. video game Generation 9 vibe check. Now, I keep up with, with the day-to-day industry nonsense m- significantly more than you do. So, like, what, what do you know about next-gen right now? Like, how do you feel based on the information that you know? Uh, I mean, you know, it looks like another console generation. I, there, there's clearly more power, more tech. Um, we talked about discless, discless systems and the fact that yes, Gen di- 10, digital, digital consoles, yeah, Gen 10, not going to be a disc drive anymore, not happening. Um, and and I don't mind that really. I know a lot of people will, but like, I mean, it's more appealing when you have a PC because those games are there forever. You have them on your Steam account. Um, which yes. means that people are going to now be living and dying by these online services and online accounts. But like, to me, here's the thing. The $70 price tag might not be a thing if manufacturing costs straight up do not exist. Oh, oh, definitely, definitely not. And that's sort of the thing is, is obviously like the $70 price tag, I think is a fucking joke. I think it is an absolute fucking joke to everyone because I was thinking about it t- earlier today that when you look at like the cost of gaming as like a hobby you got to look at it in really in two really different lenses because if you take a look at gaming from like a top-down perspective it's really the cheapest it's ever been because you have a ton of free options available to you especially especially on some kind of computer even like a regular you know laptop or mac laptop you're going to be able to emulate really easily any game from gens one through five or more, more, more or less three through five specifically, NES to PS One, and then if you have a bit more of a stronger rig, you're going to be able to get some stuff from Gen Six and maybe even Gen Seven if you're a pretty if you're an active PC gamer like like I am. You have the the tools to do that, and plus there's a lot of free to play stuff on Steam. There's a lot of great deals like Humble Bundle's a great deal, and I got to be honest, I got to give Sony a lot of credit. When I was using a PS4 pretty frequently, they had consistently really good deals, like really genuinely good deals. Yeah, especially if you had PS Plus. No, their their storefront was was lit. It was popping. Yeah, especially dude, especially at the end of the PS3's life when the PS4 was out, dude, they gave away games for p- pennies. It was awesome, and I got a ton of great stuff for super cheap. But like all that stuff is awesome and is great. But when you look at it from a game by game basis, games are way more expensive now than I think they ever were because you don't just buy a 60 now $70 game. You buy a $70 game with a $30 season pass with a bunch of microtransactions that range from anywhere between one to five bucks, possibly a battle pass that sells for anywhere between 10 to 15 bucks. And you got like loot boxes and shit too. And also like shit like Madden Ultimate Team or um uh the nba equivalent of that you have like those you can spend you know thousands of dollars on individually and i think in order to get like a full game experience now unless it's something rare that comes out you know like mario odyssey or like sekiro which doesn't have any dlc or in very very little post-launch content at all you're not getting the full game at all now you're getting a very small portion of it and it's and i hate it it sucks because you know it's not going to go down. Like, you know, 
microtransactions are just going to get more egregious. They're not going to like stop doing that because the game prices magically went up to $70. Hell, if I can make the fucking deal with the devil that, hey, we raise the prices of all AAA games to $70, but we stop doing microtransaction loot base, like picking out like pieces of the game garbage, I would totally take that deal. I think most people would because it's so obnoxious and annoying. Because microtransactions, Miles, they do affect the game experience in a big way. And I hate it. I fucking hate it so much. But outside of game price, which is like the big bummer for me, I'm actually incredibly interested and excited about this generation of systems. Now, how much do you know about the, the, the components in both the series X slash S and the PS5. I know that they're they're a lot less eldritch, uh, is the best way <laughs> I could put it. They they basically are using like pretty standard computer parts, more or less. Yeah, and that's a huge and that's a huge deal. So obviously, we started seeing that in the last generation where Sony didn't go with the proprietary. So uh, they didn't they didn't do anything proprietary. I think both of them went with AMD chips the problem was with last generation where they really fucked themselves was the jump in power between the ps3 to the ps4 is not really significant at all and basically the day in the year the ps4 and the the xbox one came out they were more or less outdated and greatly surpassed by every other by every single pc option in the area that's that was a huge problem the good news is is this generation all these games are going to be hitting 4K60. Cons- basically no issue. Which is awesome. Because 4K right now is, is more or less the theoretical limit of resolution for the, mo- I would say, the average consumer. Because with 8K, because 8K is real, I believe 16K is also real. The problem is, in order to tell a difference between 4K and 8K, you need, like, a, I believe a 70-plus inch TV, and you, you need to be a pretty good distance away. If you're gaming anywhere in some kind of computer monitor setup, 8K is going to be the biggest waste of time, and also it's n- not even really available in any major way on the market. But they're even mentioning 8K in some, like, spec sheets as the, a a possibility an idea and the fact that like i believe it's the x specifically the series x because that's slightly more powerful than the five is even talking about 8k as like a theoretical thing it is like i'm you're going to where the puck's going not where the puck is right now in 2020 and i'm and i'm super excited about it because that means i don't have to play games in fucking 30 frames a second yet again on systems because i'll be can i be honest with you miles i when have you not I have been a ps5 pre-order I have a PS5 pre-order. Do you really? I have one. And I'm shocked by this. I'm actually shocked. I, 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 not only did I get one with all the craziness that happened uh, last week, but also I was like literally adamant like a week and a half ago. Basically, like I do not see myself having a good use case for a PS5. I would probably only turn it on like two or three times a year. But then we saw exactly what the lineup for 2021 was going to be. Plus, I realized, oh, fuck, there's quite a few great games on PS4 that I just never got around to playing because the defining games of the PS4's library is like late 2016 and beyond. And that's when I jumped over to PC and basically stopped playing PS4 entirely. 
So I got a lot of shit to play. I'm like really excited to play Gravity Rush again, dude. Like I'm like that's what I'm excited to play. Is I'm excited to go back to the PS4 stuff and all the weird shit that I missed or that I haven't played in a long time. And maybe play Final Fantasy VII Remake finally because I really want. That's play the that. one, baby. That's the one. Um, yeah, I didn't get one at launch, and I'm probably not going to. Here's my issue, and it's going to depend on because I'm gonna have to see. What games, what are the games I care about that are, that are going to be PS5 yeah. exclusive? Because right now it's nothing. Right now it is nothing that is PS5 exclusive um, that I care about. I, there, there's uh, Pragmata, I believe it's called, the Capcom space suit game. Yes. <laughs> that game looks yeah, fucking interesting. Yeah, the Capcom interesting. space game. I'm super interested. Uh, new IP. Uh, it's got a man in a space suit. That's cool. I'm just interested in what it could be about. And and it, and and I'm like, I got some Death Stranding vibes from the trailer. I did too. Yeah. And I was thinking, I was like, man, if if Capcom is is going to do their own little Death Stranding kind of like, here's our weird innovative game that's not accessible to you, but accessible to 5%. It's accessible to Miles. Yeah. I'm going to be for it. So but that's also coming to PC. They've confirmed that. They they uh confirmed Resident Evil Village coming up coming to pc and resident evil village that's a big one that's a big one for me if that was ps5 exclusive i would get that i would i would get a ps5 and the other one which is a, allegedly ps5 exclusive but i don't believe it is final fantasy 16 and let me just tell you something sam let me just tell you something it warms the cockles of my bitter frozen heart that has been that has been calloused and bruised time and time again by the idea of a new Final Fantasy game. Final Fantasy VII Remake, I was in for. Because I'm like, oh baby, I like Final Fantasy VII. I, like, that was the easiest sell in the world. I played Final Fantasy XV, I thought it sucked cocks. And I think people who like Final Fantasy XV are emotionally manipulated, easy bait. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, Final Fantasy XV is a very specific kind of game, though. It's a kind of game that you like for the adventure and for the plot and for the characters and and sort of for the idea of it. You don't like it for the game. The, the, yeah, that's my that was my issue with that. That's why I stopped playing it because I I liked like there were quite a few elements of, of fifteen I liked, but like. Then there was shit where it's like, let me, can I play the game, please? Like, can I attack? Can I press a button to attack, please? Why do I have to hold to attack? I'm not doing anything. I'm literally, I feel like I'm doing nothing. I feel like I'm just watching people have fun. I think Final Fantasy 15 is the ultimate, like, if you think games are art by relinquishing significant amounts of your own control to be entertained, then this game is high art. Because it really, it does, it just gives you everything. Gives you everything you need to enjoy it. Uh, it takes combat away from you, so you don't actually have to work hard. All the characters just spout their lines immediately. There's waypoints everywhere. The open world is not actually open, and you don't have to do anything. Everything of interest is told to you to do. You don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to mine fun out of it. I, I I think about that with like, there like Breath of the Wild. You gotta mine your fun. Phantom Pain. You gotta mine your fun. Yeah. Like FF15, there is no fun, but you also don't have to mine it. So like. You, like you just get to yeah. sit back and enjoy. I had a friend. Uh, well, I emphasis on had. I hate this person now. I hate you. Um, and and there's no irony. I actually think they're one of the the biggest scumbags I've, I've ever known. But they said, "Oh, I don't want to get Breath of the Wild anymore. I thought it would be a chill game where I could just turn my brain off and not do anything like Final Fantasy 15." But it turns out I have to play it. And I was like, "That is the ultimate like." Like, he was like, I would come home from my day of work at, at a construction site, and I would be tired, and I would just want to play FF15 without having to do anything. And I was like, that's who this game is for, is for people who are exhausted and brain dead. 
People people who literally like want to play a game drunken. I want to like it because it's such a pretty fucking game. Yeah, it's, it's such it's a pretty beautiful. Game. I, I like, like the, the aesthetic. Cast. I do. Yeah, I like the cast. I, I I like the initial plot setup, but like, man, man, it's just not fun. It's just boring. Because I need to be stimulated. I want. I came to play a game. I did not want to play a movie. So so, but FF sixteen. Everything looks so cool and interesting. Looks juicy. And there, there's all these things that I'm, I'm a fan of. Okay, written by the writer of Heaven's Ward, FF14 Heaven's Ward, directed by Yoshi P, director of FF14. Combat direction by the guy who did combat direction on Devil May Cry Five. Oh, here we go! Here we go! Here we go! Here we go! And the thing I noticed is that there was only one character. You have no party, and I was like, oh my god. Is this They're doing a Final it. Fantasy stylish action game? Yes! Because and, and I've liked Square Enix's transition into what I consider stylish action. They've done it, you know? Or just generally action. Near Automata. And, you know, Near Automata. There's that new Platinum game that's obviously never going to come out. Uh, Babylon's Fall. That's never happening. Yeah, yeah. That's never coming out. Um... I, I never, hey man, never say, never say never. It's never coming out, uh, because because Platinum hasn't done anything in nine trillion years. Obviously, Kingdom Hearts three, the closest they've come to like stylish action as far as like you have a lot of options, you have a lot of stylish options, you have Keyblades and forms and Keyblade switching, like um, you know, and then FF seven R, which was more of a RP, pure RPG action blend, but still. You had enemy reactions, you had, uh, you know, the ability to launch an enemy in the air and attack them in the air, like, things like that, that are just like, you have yeah. the DNA, now it's time to go in, and you go in, and, and first of all, I think that game's gonna be M-rated, and let me tell you something, I'm so good with an M-rated Final Fantasy game, I'm good. Ooh, I didn't even consider the M-rated. That, that's that the thing, because, have you seen the trailer for smooth. it? Have you seen the trailer? Yeah, oh fuck yeah. How did you not think it was going to immediately get an M rating when a child is splattered with blood immediately? I, but I, I was thinking too, because I was, I was theory crafting. Because you start the, the, the game as an MCR fan um, with the, with the <laughs> haircut. <laughs> you start the game as an MCR fan. And there's that part at the end where he goes, I'll kill you no matter what. And he looks down and he looks up. And he's got cooler hair and a, and a tattoo. And I was like, bro... Are we getting another time skip game? I it's got everything I want. It's got medieval fantasy, it's got anime, it's got it's got fucking M-rated shit in it, and it's got a time skip or at the very least like my ideal version of the game. Riley it sounds like Berserk. Yeah, I'm ready for <laughs> this it. This just baby. sounds like Final Fantasy Berserk. Final Fantasy Which Berserk. Which is awesome. And, and let me tell you something up front. I, I think my favorite thing, this is another Miles J. Core thing, right? Mm hmm My thing, I think I have, we, you know, I mentioned fist fights. You know, I got the fist fight kink, right? Yeah, of course, of course. I have a time skip kink. Excuse me, so, so Final Fantasy sixteen. when it was showed at the event they had a couple weeks ago, or like a week or so ago, they distinctly say before the trailer starts that it is running on PC emulating a PS5. Yes. How it would look on a PS5. Yeah. That's the only trailer that had that. So that probably means that it's A, it's probably super early in development. Yes. Uh, and we're, I, I think 2022, though. I, I don't think we have to wait too, too long. I think it's probably not 2021, but 2022. No, it's it's going to be 2022 or 2023, which is fine with me. 
Yeah, no, I'll I'll wait. I, I genuinely think that 2021 is going to be a pretty fucking bomb ass for year for games. Like yeah. like it's going to go down in the books if if everything hits. If like 90 percent of what's listed hits, because a lot of it is shit that I thought was going to make 2020 a great year for games. But then COVID hit and we everything got pushed back to 2021. Yeah, like yeah, Cyberpunk is really the only like game this year that's like slated to come out this year that I think people are anticipating th- anymore. Yeah, that people really, really give a shit about. Yeah, because there's a bunch of other like smaller stuff, and like, because dude, Ubisoft is releasing like so many fucking games between now and March, and like, none of them are working for me. Like, I'm kind of interested in in Immortals: Phoenix Rising, which is basically Breath of the Wild, but like a Ubisoft game. But I like want to see. I just want to see what's different about it. Like, I want to like do it as like a comparison. Like, all right, how is this game? different and similar to breath of the wild and are those good or bad changes because it'd be a great litmus test for uh, whatever shit they pull in breath of the wild 2 i think my the i'm not looking forward to the plot like the the fact that it was so focused on a story as opposed to because you remember the first trailer for breath of the wild it was just gameplay there was no semblance of plot and then and then they had that big six minute trailer that was basically the phantom pain trailer um but Breath of the Wild, um, and and it was like nothing but gameplay. Like you had like some dialogue, and you had a, a handful of cutscenes, but it was like nothing but gameplay. They showed off the fact that you got different armors, different weapons, backflip mechanic, like all gameplay. Yeah, it's a great. Hey, it's a great game, great fucking game. I I do I do I am genuinely genuinely a little worried about the sequel though. I just don't think they're gonna hit the same magic. I I, I just I don't think they're gonna they're gonna hit it i think the game's gonna be good i think the game's gonna be like pretty good um and i don't think i'm gonna hate it by any stretch of the imagination because like playing breath of the wild is just fun i just hope they 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 don't lose what made it as special as a game as it was i just i think they need to double down on systems that's that's really all there is to it there needs to be more systems and and more systems that that are fleshed out not just lots more systems yeah but but you know I mean like I I have I have high hopes. It's one of these things where like everyone's like, oh I can't wait for Metroid Prime Four. I'm like, bitch, fuck you and Metroid Prime. First of all, Metroid Prime Four is not a real game. Second of all, they're like, I, I'm sorry. There there becomes a point in when, when a game enters so big of a development hell that there's no way it's gonna come out and be like a a genuinely great game. I think Metroid Prime 4 is probably going to come out and it's probably going to be good, but it's not going to be this, like, game that's really remembered all that fondly, or just like, it's like, oh yeah, Metroid Prime 4, remember when we got that? That was okay. I gotta be honest, I'm, as as the biggest Super Metroid fan on the planet, I think everyone blows smoke of Metroid's fucking ass when it comes to story, and they're crazy. They're fucking nuts. Because that game's story, all the Metroid game stories are like, to me, really fucking basic. And what I like about Super Metroid is that game is all told through pantomime. It's it's all told through environment. Like you see a spooky skeleton, and you know, okay, a predator Metroid did this. And then you you get to the yeah. Metroid, and it and it it slows down, and you're like, oh, is that the baby Metroid from the beginning of the game? And it's like, you know what's going on through pantomime, and it's all really great and effective, um, and you feel it. But meanwhile, it's like, everyone's like, man, Metroid Fusion, what a great story. I'm like, oh, I really liked the wall of text when you went up the elevator. I really like that part of the game. 
I do want to answer some question, <laughs> though. Singular question. I want to answer a question too, Miles. Let's answer this question. So being that it's our 25th episode, I put out I put out a call for questions. As usual, none of you fuckers responded. Yeah, at Real Estelle been sent The only one who's a not fucker. A not fucker. A true crackhead, if you will. Yes. Crack addict. So we, they sent us a, 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 fucking, a, a fucking short essay. So I will, I will read it all in full. There's a TLDR, but I'll read it all in full. All right, fuckers, the brain juice is gone and I can't remember any part of this, so we're going to improvise here. Recently, I've been going back and watching episodes of G Gundam with a buddy of mine, and we've been having a blast. I'd seen the shining finger sword meme enough times to quote the whole fucking thing verbatim. And if no one was around, even would do some poses Damon does. Do you watch? Have you seen G Gundam? No. What is this shining finger sword meme? I don't think I've seen. No, I don't know it either. I guess it's a mech mech thing. Yeah, maybe it's like Starfinger. I don't know. It's an anime and a show that I think is a genuine classic, but uh, fans of Shonen, Mecha, and classic media alike should watch this show. But it's also, in parentheses, you gotta watch, see, slash, do this. That got talked about before with recommendations. So with that in mind, here's the question for the week. There seems to be some pushback from various communities on things that get a lot of buzz and conversation around them, whether it be... Uh, your ocarinas and undertales, your bleaches, one pieces, your godfathers, etc. Do you think that an abundance of conversation is smothering to those on the outside, even if they might normally agree? Is it spite against the holder of number one best in quotes? Do you think that something could even be looked into? Do you think that this is something that could even be looked into it in the first place? Is there something for either of you that fits that description? And then the TLDR is, do you think pop culture penetration creates pushback against a popular piece of media? Holy fuck. That is a complex fucking question. I I actually have a very simple answer to this. Go for it. Yes. (laughs) I mean, yes, indeed, right? I'm trying to think like of specific... I'll I'll tell you the I'll tell you the time I'll tell you the one time that that this happened and I have the exact answer to this and you will know it immediately when I say it it's BoJack fucking Horseman. Yep. BoJack Horseman was the time yep. in which a show was ruined for me by pop culture penetration. I was told how to read it. I was told how everyone felt about it. I was told what it said, what it did, what it was supposed to do. And when I watched it, and it didn't do any of those things, and I realized that, oh, the reason that everyone resonated with this show is because it's another nihilistic piece of trash that, that reinforces their need for misery porn, and, and, and any attempts that it has to be, like, more poignant than it is uh, are fucking tarnished by, by lots of different things. The thing people didn't tell you about BoJack Horseman is that it, it's basically South Park certain episodes— there are certain episodes, like, there's the abortion episode, which is just a South Park episode. There's the episode about a shooting, which literally has a gag out of South Park, where every time they, they talk about it, they're like, oh no, this shooting happened and it's gonna tank our movie, because it has lots of gun violence. And they said, of course we care, you know, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Everyone says thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Literally a South Park gag! Literally! And and it, and it's one of these things where, where like... Th- that South Park gab, th- it's stunning and brave. It's, it's like fucking, uh, th- there's a couple of, uh, cream fraiche. Like, it's like that same fucking thing where there's like the, the buzzword everyone always says. Uh, like, like as, as a sort of like, and, and, and in the same case, it's, it's this buzzword that everyone says 
for justice, you know, for social justice. Thoughts and Prayers is literally like, a, I was like, this is a South Park episode. This episode is just a shitty South Park episode. And every and most South Park episodes of this caliber are just already shittier versions of South Park episodes. South Park is at its best when it's being stupid um, and not trying to say a whole lot. Uh, uh, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it, they really hit it. But uh, other times it's like, like, I just want a dumb, like, fun with weapons episode. Those are the best episodes. Like, the Butters episodes are, like, my favorite thing. Um, but, like, so I was like, this is just a South Park gag. Or, like, the the abortion episode. Just a fucking South Park episode. So that's the thing they don't tell you is that the show is just every other adult cartoon. Just just every now and then someone will have an alcoholic stupor and and uh, and punch a woman in the face. And everyone will be like, how could you do that? And then Bojack will be like, I, I, I didn't, I, I, and they're like, you're horrible, Bojack. And then he does something in the next episode where, where he, he tries to cope with it and he realizes he's a bad person. And then the next episode is, you know, is he, is the end of the season and he resolves to be better or something. And then something happens that upends that because the show must go on. That, that was one of the greatest examples of like pop culture. Like this is this is the best fucking television show ever made. You're going to love it. It's heavy. It's super dark. It's everything. <laughs> Everyone told me it was going to be amazing. And I and and if I just went into the show not like that, I mean, I would still dislike it because I just don't like this kind of show anymore. I just don't like American TV all that much. Um, or American avant-garde TV, I guess. But, like, at the very least, I wouldn't feel like I was conned. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think pop culture osmosis generally does ruin shows it ruins reception i mean it you know and it and it ruins like people's ability to go into a work and see it for what it is i think i think right now i am playing through xenoblade chronicles to see why everyone loves it as opposed to playing it with an open heart and an open mind i went into it ready to be wowed because everyone told me it's wowing the story's great all the characters are great and then i just i didn't connect with it um and and it wouldn't cause anger in the way that it does. Yeah, I think that I think that's very fair. I mean, I've definitely had my fair share of moments where like people told me something was like, you know, super fucking awesome and amazing, and then I went in and I'm just like, I just don't see it. I just do not see it. But I but I I really do try to like make sure that I, I go when I go into a piece of media, especially something I've heard a lot of good things about, to just try to keep like a just 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 a general open mind and just like this is kind of let you know, let's play the game. Let's see where it takes me, and and then we'll go from there. And I'm like my decisions. And if I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. But yeah, no, definitely, um, definitely, cultural osmosis has a fucking huge impact uh, on a property. I mean, a perfect another perfect example is fucking Rick and Morty. Yeah, did the same shit where basically it was kind of this like weird. It was you know it was a fucking another weird Adult Swim cartoon show. Nothing different about it. It just connected with a lot more people and. Those people started having a big impact on how the you know the show was actually written to the point where you get something like season three, which is just super weird and so far off the bat of why I mean people like us I think liked the show when it first started, and you can even see yeah, elements I of that even starting with like season two. Season two, but yeah, yeah. and because the, because elements of that do start uh, start seeping in, and we've talked about it before. I liked season two quite a bit. Uh, I still I don't think it's as good as season one, but I still think it was quite good. But then you have three and a lot of people really fell off the boat and then you have four and it just feels like a fucking feels like another zombie Simpsons like situation now yeah. with Rick and Morty where it's just like, yep, more Rick and Morty don't really care. And it's just like, eh, most art's mid shit. Most art is just fucking mid. 
Yeah, and and I and I think it's Who's- fine for art to be mid, but the issue is that when art isn't mid, people are so enamored by it that they that they sort of have to convince themselves it's more than just good. Um yeah. and and I think there re- really is only a handful of truly exceptional art. Um and and it can be exceptional for different reasons. You know, the the reason I always talk about Ocarina of Time is I just think that it's a masterclass in subtlety, structure, and and symbolism. Um, you know, and I, yeah. and I think it's a, it's a, an example of great pacing. Um, I like the construction of that game. I think the construction of it is what is so sublime about it. But if you're a person who's really, what's it really important to you is like story depth and like uh, you know, or, or like uh, you really like puzzles. If you really like Zelda puzzles, you don't get that from the game. Like, when when you're told that something is so great, you expect it to be universally great. Yeah, when that's just never going to be the case, really, ever. Yeah. Like, uh, the appeal of that game to me is is structure. The appeal of, of certain movies to me, like, I love Into the Spider-Verse. The appeal of that movie, for me, is not just the animation. It's the screenplay. I think that the screenplay is great. Like, the animation's nice, but, like, what I really give a fuck about is the screenplay. I watched Redline recently, and I really liked Redline, but I didn't love Redline because I was, like, I would have liked a little bit more meat to this script. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. Like, you watch Redline to be wowed by the animation. But when people are like, dude, you gotta see Redline. It's the most amazing anime film ever made. And you might be fresh off of, you know, I don't know, some, like, really story-heavy anime. You're gonna be like, what the fuck? This is trash. Yeah, you know, I I I I agree with that because again, Set like we, we talked about in the recommendations episode. Yeah, yeah, like again, we t- literally talked about this before. Like, just yeah, set people's expectations and just like understand that, like you know, you know what what you value is probably not going to be the same case for what you know everyone else does. Yeah, but that's, that's okay fine. because that's what makes us individuals, and that's cool. That's fucking lit. There is one more question here that he wrote. It's a little bonus question. Sure. That I make sure I may I really want to make sure I get. Yeah, uh, they ask Sam as a fellow Illinoisian. I want to know: Have you ever had a hamburger horseshoe? If so, could you explain this to Miles? If not, would you ever try one? Also, bonus trivia, fuck me, I'm sorry, but the guy who runs the cafe in Uzaki-chan is also at the start of the episode, wait, is also the start of the episode guy in G Gundam, and they spoof that whole setup in episode six of Yuzaki. Oh, that's, yeah, there's a reference to that. He's in a chair, and he's talking. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I get it. Okay. That's a reference. That makes sense. Okay. I thought it was a little strange. The more you know. Yeah, I thought that, I thought that part was, like, just a stylish thing, but that's, that's cute. It's a reference. Okay. Miles, I cannot explain to you what a hamburger horseshoe is because I've never heard of one until they sent me this. However, I did look one up and I would eat one. I would eat one. It basically looked like a piece of garbage, uh, like <laughs> like a hamburger. Like, let me just. I'm gonna I'm gonna what look it up as well. Hamburger horseshoe. So so basically, what it is. It's a okay. The horseshoe is an open faced sandwich originating in Springfield, Illinois. At Realist Delbin, to answer your question, I'm from the Chicagoland area, not really from the Springfield area. That's a few hours away from me, so this probably just is not in my realm. But, it okay, so it's a thick slice toasted bread, a hamburger patty, cheese sauce, and french fries. I would definitely this eat this, because this looks this really looks good. good. This looks really good. This looks like it's going to give you, like, you know, fucking 
diabetes, but it looks really yeah, good. I'm good for some diabetes, dude. I'm here for it. You ever have deep dish pizza? I like deep dish pizza, actually. Now, because here's the deal. I'm from Chicago. Obviously, I had deep dish pizza tonight. Great, great meal. However, I got to be honest. Deep dish pizza is like a separate meal than like pizza to me. Oh, it is. Deep dish pizza is really not pizza. When I want pizza, deep dish is never crossing my mind. And I think a lot of people outside of the the Chicagoland area and the in Illinois in general lose that about deep dish pizza. Cause people, a lot of people think that Chicagoans just eat deep dish pizza on the regular. No deep dish is a special occasion kind of shit. Like it was my mom's birthday. Day. That's why we had deep dish pizza special occasion. Normally you just go to fucking Domino's and get yourself a fucking $6 trash pizza, but who cares? Cause it's still fucking good. It's still good. What's your favorite trash taste? What's your favorite trash to your pizza place? We're talking Domino's, Pizza Hut, Little Here's Caesars. Here's my problem: is that I don't, I don't like, like trash tier pizza, but I like the desserts at Domino's. Ooh, the little cookie brownies, the cookie brownies, cookie brownies. Brownie? baby, the cinnamon dots. I eat those once a week. Oh, the fucking cinnamon dots are so fucking good. The cinnamon, Bro, the cinnamon dots are the so fucking good. the icing dip. That shit, that shit is straight cum, baby. I mean, it looks like cum, <laughs> but it doesn't taste like cum. But it's cum. It's big cum. How do you know what cum tastes like, Miles? It's big cum. I actually did cum in my face by accident once. Did I ever tell the story on the podcast? <laughs> no, no. I've, I've also, I've also run into that error, that gruesome Sometimes, human error before. Yeah. Well, I shot myself in the eye too, and then it dripped into my mouth by accident. <laughs> oh man, a double whammy. Oh god, that yeah. Sucked. No, I, I felt like a slut. <laughs> I felt like a, a common whore. Uh, <laughs> a common, a common. Wench. Let, let me tell. Let um. me tell you something. After that happened, I think I became a feminist. After that happened, because I said to myself, <laughs> I said to myself, you know what? I'm only nutting on their thighs from now on. Never the face. I became a good. I became a good it's woman, respecting man that night. It. Hey, man. It's good to be horny. It's good to be horny, especially in quarantine. Oh, dude. Especially oh, no. Quarantine is, has upped my. Dude, I, I, I think I mentioned this, but like. I used to RP on occasion, and now in quarantine, I'm like, bro, I got nothing better to do. Let's do a 19-hour <laughs> ERP. Let's do the longest sexual roleplay of all time. I got nothing better to do, dude. How, how? Now, let me ask you something genuinely. How can you stay occupied in that situation in a 19-hour ERP for that fucking It's long? never actually 19 hours. It's it's like, but like three to four, four to five. But like, like but... But even that for me, like, dude, I gotta be honest, whenever I go into Discord and try typing with people and try to communicate with others, I get so bored immediately because I type something and then I like wait for other people to respond and then I type to it. And if there's a conversation happening, it's never interesting. It's always just like, it's just nonsense a lot of the time. And it's like, <laughs> I, I just don't get it, dude. I do not get the Discord generation. There, There's a couple things. I am such a boomer. There's a couple dude. things that, that help. Um... I think you have to like the person and you have to be in anticipation of their message. If I get a really long message from like a friend who I'm like, I like, but I don't love hearing from them. Like, I don't care that much. Um, I'm talking groups. Oh, I don't fucking bother. By the way, I'm talking discord communities. Oh, I hate discord communities. I think they suck ass. I mean, like, I I don't, here's the deal. I don't hate the idea inherently, but the problem is the, the problem is, is that the 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 discord the way discord is set up your your community is always on the fast track to failure because you you want to grow your community by getting more members but the moment there's too many members shit sucks 
But you can't just like pull one out and like no one's there because then you have a dead fucking discord and nobody uses it. So it's impossible to get that middle ground balance. And if you find it, it will inevitably fall out. That, That's why the only discords I'm ever in and like like are Patreon discords. Because the people in there all have a similar interest, which is the creator. The creator's usually in there, so it's fun to talk to them. And there's not a lot of people, usually. Yeah. It's usually not too many people, so you can have a real conversation and read everything that's going on. But even that, I just get a little like, like I'll type some stuff out and be like, I want to, I'm gonna go fucking play Daytona USA. Yeah, like, no, I, I, I hate feeling like, oh god, I want to play a game, but I have to be on top of this stupid conversation about feet porn, like. Yeah, and it's, and especially because the Discord notification is like the most annoying sound of all time. <laughs> It's like, God damn, it's like, really is like, it really is like, God damn it, can you shut the fuck up? And I don't want to be on D&D because I want, because here's the deal. For every nonsense notification, there's a notification from you. You can turn, you can turn notification messages I'm mute, off. Oh, I'm mute. Oh, dude, dude, if I ever join a Discord server, the first thing I fucking do is, is mute everything. Yeah. Mute the entire Discord, except for at everyone's, but even those can get occasionally annoying and I'll delete and I'll mute those too. Uh, the, the thing, the thing I, I like... My my issue with Discord servers too is that is that you always Discord servers essentially encourage the people with either the biggest egos or the least self awareness to keep talking because they don't realize when no one wants to hear from them when no one likes them or that they're not that interesting like and so so every mm -hmm. Discord server has the same couple of people and me um but so it has it has. The, the overly verbose, too intelligent guy who is always getting into debates and arguments and sometimes or frequently political in nature. You have the kiddo who thinks that they're the intelligent guy. They're 16 years old. They think they're very deep and they do nothing but like post shit and like try to start conversation arguments and like debates or they'll post like a thing to get affirmation that someone they think is stupid is stupid. You have the fucking shitty meme spam poster who isn't funny and who's obnoxious and you hate them. And all they do is post garbage. They just post fucking trash. Um, you have the sexual deviant who's too lewd for no reason. You have the simp and the person that they are simping. Because you have the one girl. Which is the woman. The one girl. The woman. That's the woman. Yeah. And, and the woman, the moment the woman walks in, the discord changes. Everyone gives her the floor. It's like they roll out the red carpet for the woman. And like, and the woman. It's so the, funny, the dude. The problem with the woman. <laughs> the problem with the woman is that, is that they can be anything. They can be, they can be really sweet, they can be a huge bitch, they can, they can be kind of quiet and shy. Hell, they can fall into any of the previously mentioned categories, yeah. too. Or they can fall into normal people categories. It does not matter. As long as they are a woman, the entire Discord changes for them. It's so funny. It gives me so much joy, dude. It gives me so much joy. I love the guy who does not stop adding the woman. To make sure Dude. that they know they are referring to you and only you, baby girl. It's all about you, girl, on your 16th it's so, birthday. It's it's so awful, dude. It's so awful. It happens like it, it's it's just this is every Discord, dude. It's every fucking group. Yeah. Always ha like it's the same shit every time. You know what's weird though? You know what's interesting, at least to me, is that is that <laughs> 
the the only way to avoid this is to be a trans woman specifically because people don't ignore them they just talk to them like they're a normal person they still sort of like dote on them like they're the woman but you can tell that it doesn't make them uncomfortable in the same way that it does the woman like this yeah. yeah because you have the woman right and the woman is a very specific like kind of of, of character because they attract simps yeah they attract simps and and yeah that's that's specifically what what it means to be the woman in the discord because there i'm sure because re- in reality there are plenty of discords that have probably a, a good chunk to and maybe a few cases like a majority female um listenership it just depends on how 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 what what's what's the simp magnet on because if, if you're in a group of a few women and, and and none of them's really that's not really going on yeah i think i think that's the important thing to note is that is that it's not it's not an issue of like all women are queens. It's an issue of for some reason there is the one woman and 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 and, and like and it's not the same with a trans woman because they they tend to be more social and more like, you know, able to kind of hang out and and usually like whereas I feel like the woman gets uncomfortable <laughs> in the discord I would assume. I would assume if I had to. If I had to assume, I would. I would do so. Yeah. So, so there is a difference between like being a woman in a Discord server and being the woman. Any other fucking any other uh, categories people fall into? I'm trying into? to think. I mean, we have oh, the woman, the simp, the predator. Oh, yeah. The predator. The predator does not simp for the woman. The predator simps for all the women. The predator sims for kiddo. Well, the well, the predator basically like the predator is the guy who like is in the DMs of every girl. Does not matter. Does not matter what their you know what their orientation. They could be lesbian. They could be straight. Does not matter you know their gender identity. Their whatever. As long as it says she her on that tag, they're in your DMs. Um, and yeah. and and that that is the predator. They're hunting for the oh uh, oh you know the other one. This is another subcategory of the predator. The 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 T uh, the TW um the that feel when no GF guy. The guy who does nothing but ask about girlfriends and how he's so lonely and wants and needs a girlfriend. Sometimes overlaps with the predator. But the the predator is usually a sexual predator versus the no GF guy is looking for an online girlfriend. In eagle, which by the way, I don't think he's going to find on Discord. No, you never find them on Discord. That's my problem, dude. That's my problem when I when I see these stories about the about these fucking simps and shit. It's like what you're doing right now is not going to get you the results that you no. want. Like, why can't you just go on a real dating website and actually try? Because you you can't make an you effort. Can't start, because you can succeed. You can't start masturbating in the middle of a date. You can start masturbating in the middle of DMs. In the middle of Discord conversation, in the middle of your everyday Discord conversation, yeah, you just Miles like they're, they're out just here talk- debating, debating about the merits of the Super Mario Sunshine movement versus its level design, and he's out there jacking his fucking dick off like there's no tomorrow. Oh yeah, no, that's that's the problem. That kind of conversation. Yeah, I the problem is that I'm the guy who like, I think my issue is I'm I'm the centrist in, in the average Discord, where like I'm not really on anyone's side in particular. Because there is the other thing, because discords do tend to divide politically down the middle, as does everything in the fucking planet. But uh, but I'm I'm sort of like the kind of person who, like, no matter the conversation, I'm usually trying to, like, 
weigh in and give an interesting perspective or like kind of hear everyone and respond accordingly. And and that's not necessarily like a, a comment on politics in particular, but like, for example, if someone's talking about Super Mario Sunshine, someone hates Sunshine, someone loves Sunshine. I'm the kind of guy who goes in like Sunshine's really great. The movement's good. The level design is not like I am that guy where I just like to have a conversation and kind of engage both the people in the conversation because mm-hmm. the problem is that when you have two people who agree and one person who disagrees, that conversation is just horribly misaligned. Yeah. So I, I like to try to make sure that... And not very fun. Yeah, I want to. I, I try to make sure everyone is having a good time when I'm in the Discord. Um, and it never works. It never works. Yeah, because there's always... Because there's always, that's the problem, is there's always someone who's going to come in and fuck it up. And if there's a good conversation happening and some rando fucking joins in... You know the the, the fundamental you know the the fundamental conversation that was happening has been fucking changed, and that sucks. I would identify as the lurker, by the way. That would definitely be I, my, I my thing because I very rarely post, if at all. I can't lurk. I just I don't know what to do. You just watch. I, I'm just so fascinated. I guess that's where it comes from. Is I'm just so fascinated by other people, and just like their their business. <laughs> I I don't give <laughs> a fuck to be, about other not people. to sound creepy, but like. But I just, I just like seeing how other people operate and how other people think and what other people feel and shit. I just, I, I find it interesting. Yeah, I, I don't find other people interesting. I think everyone else sucks, but me. I think I'm the coolest. Um, no, I don't know. I just, I don't people watch because I, I think I get too invested in kind of learning about them and interacting with them, and that might just be like my writer brain where I sort of like, even if I did, I just fundamentally vehemently disagree with someone. Like I, I just, I'll, I'll do nothing but ask them questions, and I'll just like, I just want to hear them. I just want to hear what they have to say, even if they're yeah, the dumbest. And like I come on here and I, I yell, of course. But like if you told me, hey, I love BoJack Horseman, I would just ask why, why? Tell me, tell me. I'm all ears. Um, and I might protest if you ask me to weigh in. But I, I just, I find it so fascinating when people say words. I want to make them say words that interest me, so I, I I get involved. Oh well, I will ask questions if I if if but 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 I'll do that in like a in a in a small group in person setting where I'm like Discord. I just don't because that's the thing is a lot of times because I'm not active really in any particular Discord, so I, I don't really know sort of the general not not etiquette but just the general rules of engagement of the Discord and specifically kind of what everyone's fucking tone or general demeanor is. So I'm usually too afraid to ask because I don't want to make a fucking fool of myself online. Yeah, I, I do hate making a fool of myself on the Discord, and it happens often, but that's ever. I think I think that's why Discords tend to funnel into the most obnoxious, self-absorbed, uh, lacking awareness people because p- th- sometimes I'll say something and I'll be like, oh my god, I looked like an asshole. And I think other people just straight up don't have that gene in them. Yeah, of like self-reflection and thinking about what you say. Yeah. Or what you said, I should say, past tense. Yeah. I wish more people did think about what they were going to say and then also think about what they actually said. Which is ironic, because we get on this podcast and we don't do that. We don't think about what we just fucking said. No, but I think... Well, I know I think I think about... I don't think about what... I don't think before I speak, but I do will think about what I said. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's a good and point. And then we'll course correct if need be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, did, I did... I did... I worried I crossed the line with the, with the, the, the trans, like discord user because i mean it is a different lived experience they have they have a different demeanor yeah and i think that's fair to say but i just i wanted to make sure that 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 was clear that there was not that delineation between the woman is a very specific archetype yeah not all women are can be the woman you know in the discord there is the woman and you might not be the woman it does not mean that you are not a female you're just not the woman yeah yeah. (laughs) 
It's it's. I, we should say the woman TM. The woman TM. Trademark, just so people yeah. know what we're talking about. Yeah. Who is the woman? Just so, people, just so people know the difference between a woman and the woman. There, there is TM. someone in a Discord server I'm in who is like definitively the woman, and we're like good friends. Um, and I always, I'm always like, I feel weird being friends with the woman TM <laughs> because, like, to me, the woman is not a person. They are the woman. <laughs> Women are not people. You heard Women me here TM first on the Women TM are not house. people. The woman TM are not people. Uh, uh, it's always weird because you talk to them and they're like normal people. And you're like, I got to be honest. I thought you would not want to talk to me because you probably get DM'd constantly by simps. Yeah, all the fucking time. I mean, that's what I want to know is I, I really do. What, dude, I fucking kill a man to have a conversation with like an e-girl and just be like, real, like t- what what happens what is it from your side? Because I just see it from like a, again, people watching perspective lurker kind of side. What is it like for you that actually g- gets all this shit? That's our next guest. An e-girl. An e-girl? We'll just find any fucking e-girl who's willing to be on this shit podcast. <laughs> if you, all right, this is a call out to the fucking crackheads out there. We need your help. At whatever e-girl you think would be a good fit for this show, at them, tell them to come on at Mika's Crack House and help us get in contact and reach out to us and say, hey, we, you should contact this person. We want we, to talk an about interview with an online. e-girl. Interview with a woman. Interview with the woman. There you go. Yeah. Interview with the woman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's all I got this week. What about you? I'm fucking ready to get out of here. I'm so fucking fried tonight, dude. Yeah, I hear you. The problem is, is we're going to listen to it. We're going to be like, this is unfunny and terrible and sucks. This is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> this is bad. Well, just we'll, like the fucking, uh, like the fucking She's Too Young commentary yeah, the She's we did. Too Young commentary track. It's just all going in the episode. So it's episode, it's episode 25. It's episode 25. We could, we could, we could keep it. Yeah. I don't okay. Care. Fuck Probably it. Probably not. Yeah. It's all, it's all staying in. Fucking de- depends on time. I gotta look. Anyways, the, the point being, we did, we recorded like, oh, t- 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 like halfway through like first 10 episodes we recorded a commentary of the 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 hit lifetime tv original movie she's too young and the problem was that movie makes no fucking sense and we could not understand half of what was going on i could not understand what half of what was going on because miles was making these very verbose great great points but i was like trying to listen to what he had to say but i could not focus on what was happening with the movie because there were no subtitles because we watched a bootleg rip off youtube yeah commentaries are hard people They're really that's just hard i think it has to be a movie you've seen multiple times or or you just have like really fucking good good chemistry and, and really witty uh yeah personalities and can call that shit out because i'm just because when i watch a like a movie or something like i just want to watch it like I, i'm not normally a wisecracker I'm, I'm i just kind of like to sit movies, there and just so i i mean i'm i'm good on commentaries but probably you know i mean someone has to carry the weight around here i do i i would call myself the star of this podcast fair enough i mean you definitely talked more of this episode than i did for well sure. it's because it was mostly lovecraft country yeah again uh <laughs> every every week the show is 45 minutes talking about lovecraft the, country uh, there's gonna be a week where there's no content with that show i can feel it there's gonna be one episode where i'm like okay i hope so Give give the listener something fucking different to listen to. Anyways, I'm getting super fucking right. tired. It's really hot in this fucking room. I gotta open up some windows. Um, I gotta I gotta hang the fuck out, play some games. That's it. That's it. I did want to thank thank everyone for listening to us for 25 episodes. That's pretty cool. 
this has been like the show I've like literally the day episode one went up is the day I got lost my job and became unemployed. So this is like the perfect marking point for like this era. It is the crack house era of my life right now. The crack house arc. <laughs> and it's still going. It's not stopping. And, oh God, it's not fucking stopping. It is not fucking no stopping. This train we're on. No getting off of the last train home. Let's just end that episode with that. That's the perfect ending. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really want a pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties, she's only five. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really want a pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties, she's only five. Bitch, I'm about to fuck this cutie, so I whip out my katana And I knock this little bitch out with just one hit like I'm Saitama Why you act like you retarded, like little bitch, I don't want drama I still hit when she says no, don't understand what she don't wanna, ayy Sword fighting with my penis like I'm in a fucking dojo All these bitches want me like my name was fucking Jojo Asian penis is too tiny like it was a no-show Bitch, don't watch your coochie, watch anime with the bros, though Say my motherfucking bitch, I might pull up, give those thighs a little motherfucking kiss And man, if you talking shit, tell Ryuki you on a list Yeah, your sister is my groupie, she take this anime Dick. Okay, okay, like little bitch, I don't care if that fat ass is too deep. Score a bounty on that pussy, you can call me Spike Lee. Putting out fire, getting ice, bitch, I'm Todoroki. And if you got some shit to say, then you can say it to me. Anime thighs, when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really want a pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big ass titties, she's only five. Anime thighs, when she opened up so wide, I got a twinkle in my eye. Asian pussy is so tight, I just really want a pipe. Oh my gosh, she got them big So please, can you just give me head? Please just get on your knees, bitch. I'll beat up that ass like my name is Bruce Lee, and I'll eat up that pussy like I'm Conan Key. Hey, Asian people driving, are they even trying? I be buying all this hentai, so I jerk it. I'm not lying. Now I'm sighing, cause I want Hatsune Miku. Now I'm crying. When I fuck anime bitches, I'll be moaning and be whining. Hey, thick thighs look sexy, even when especially she decides to wear her dress. Ooh, nuzzles on my neck. Now we laying on the bed. Man, I love my body pillow, especially giving head. You know what's next. Anime thighs when she opened up so wide I got a twinkle in my eye Asian pussy is so tight I just really want a pipe Oh my gosh she got them big ass titties She's only five